Hi, everyone, and welcome to the November 12th, 2021 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor here at Automotive News Canada. It's well known that the global shortage of semiconductors has decimated inventory for new vehicle dealers. Today, my two guests will tell us what that means for incentive spending, dealer margins, and they'll try and predict what lies ahead in 2022. All that and more when I speak with Scotiabank economist Rebecca Young and Robert Carwell of JD Power Canada on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. So, let's start with monthly sales. They were down an estimated 17.7% in October, according to DeRosier Automotive Consultants. But Young said the chip crisis and the small number of automakers reporting sales 12 times a year make it harder to read anything into one single month. Data issues lead me to kind of pause and not, uh, you know, not declare a turnaround yet. I've been looking at month over month. So typically economists look at month over month instead of year over year because we just want to know, you know, is the economy getting better or worse because of the way auto's going. But obviously automakers care about year over year. Um, but that said, now even auto folks are looking at month over month because they want to know are things getting better. Young said data houses, such as DeRosier and Ward's Auto, can have large differences in their monthly sales estimates. So, you know, a lot of volatility around that data alone <laughs> that, uh, you know, says we should be a little bit cautious about whether there's a, a turnaround yet. Um, I think at least we have U.S. sales stronger on a month-over-month basis, which maybe gives like a few points for feeling that, you know, perhaps we've, um, you know, we've hit the bottom and at least we're going to go sideways a bit before starting back up. Um, But again, I would, you know, I would be cautious. Young said the other problem with sales reporting and forecasting is the number of vehicles that are pre-ordered or built but sitting on lots awaiting microchips that are added to vehicles after they leave the factory floor do know that you know that that you know a lot of OEMs and dealers are you know are taking pre-orders now and uh, and so is that if it's OEM reported um, uh, versus that scan that reports vehicle registration there may be a difference there between them um, you know maybe the bottlenecks aren't as um, you know are, are, are still there uh, um, to a, a stronger degree than sales numbers would suggest we know in the U.S. reportedly that they turned out um, a bit of a stronger sales month because um, um, I'm going to probably get the companies wrong. I know Ford was one of them. I think GM was the other that, um, you know, had a bunch of vehicles sitting, you know, on the side just waiting for chips and they got a batch of chips and they just, you know, they, they popped them in the vehicles and were able to, you know, to boost sales that way. So again, if we're looking purely, you know, how are production numbers capturing these, you know, these idiosyncratic um, issues going on now with, uh, you know, with production? So it's, you know, when when did that? When do you count that vehicle as being produced? Um, um, so so a lot of reasons to, you know, to be just you know careful around declaring, you know, declaring victory just yet. When it comes to the economy, Canadians are ready to buy new vehicles, but there simply is not enough. The medium-term outlook for vehicle sales is is strong. So we, you know, we do think we're accumulating, you know, an ever stronger 
you know, pent-up demand effect going on. So, you know, folks that can't buy vehicles now, you know, are, are more or less deferring purchase, um, you know, until, till, till there are vehicles to buy. So I think, um, you know, we're seeing, um, you know, and, and, we're, and we're seeing signs that, you know, whether you look at, um, you know, the, the solid jobs growth in Canada or elevated household savings that are expected to be spent, uh, high vaccination levels, um, you know, all these indicators that, um, you know, that, that consumption should be, should be robust over the, the coming year or two are there. Young warns that interest rate hikes are coming, but even that might not be enough to tamp down demand. What we think is that the pent-up demand aspect there is, you know, is robust enough and that, you know, the health of the consumer's finances is strong enough that, um, you know, we'll probably see this, um, you know, this longer auto sales cycle that extends beyond the, the economic cycle. So normally when, you know, the Bank of Canada starts tightening its rates, you start to see a slowdown of, you know, house purchases, of auto purchases, of business investment, you know, and they usually, you know, that is a tool for cooling um, an economy that's well on its path to recovery. But in this case, we think, you know, the auto auto sector could benefit from that delayed effect because, um, you know, there, there'll be such pent-up demand that even, if North American automakers are operating at full capacity in 2022, um, you know, they'll barely, if not at all, be able to actually meet all that pent-up demand. So that's, you know, they're going to be working through that excess demand into 2023, in our view. So what could higher interest rates mean for price and dealer incentives? I checked with Robert Carwell of J.D. Power Canada. Here's what he had to say when I asked what rising interest rates could do to incentive programs. Because of the situation we're in, uh, the first move of interest rates, nothing's going to happen. Okay. The reason why is because our 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 um, supply line is too tight as it is. So interest rates go up. First thing that's going to happen, payments go up. Your yeah. monthly payment goes up. Uh, our incentives going to go up? Not yet. Okay. Because we're too tight. We're, we're, we're just too tight. If you can't, as a manufacturer, if you can't deliver enough vehicles as you could otherwise sell, there's that's not a lot of impetus to increase incentives right. just yet. Right? Okay. So then I, I'd say it would probably take, it would probably take two interest rate moves before you really see um, incentives start to change. Okay. But, can incentive change? Absolutely. We are at record low spending levels. Absolutely, you're going to see incentives change at the first instance of uh, the manufacturers thinking there's now a retail problem to sales, i.e. That, that vehicles are too expensive. Right. But it's not going to happen right away because uh, overriding that is still the supply, the tightness in the supply, uh, supply chain. And young figures, Canadians can continue to handle high prices, given factors such as job growth and household savings. You know, I think that uh, the the health of the consumer should be such that they can, you know, they can bear the, the, the that increased cost. And so far, even with the um, price appreciation of new and used vehicles, we've seen demand still very robust. So it's withheld um, these price increases. 
and those increases are at record levels, according to Carwell. We hit record pricing again in September. Uh, we're 42000 just so 42000 on average per vehicle, total, total. Yeah. And even if you take full-size trucks out, because they, um, you know, it's, it's an expensive vehicle and, and there's an abundance of them. So it does skew the, the number. But even if you take those out, we still set a record for, for pricing at over $36,000 on average without uh, full-size pickup trucks in, in the mix. Young explained one of the reasons why people have, so far, been okay with rising prices. The um, one thing that has offset that sticker shock of, um, of new vehicle pricing, too, is the trade-in value. And so sure. we, we think it'll take a bit of time also for used vehicle prices to come down. And so that, you know, that should also provide a cushion because you know, we need rental companies um, building up their fleet returning those back to used markets before we see, um, you know, used um, prices starting to come down materially. So, so in the meantime, you know, that, you know, that'll provide a nice offset too. When you look at, you know, used vehicle prices up 25% since January, according to black book. So, you know, so a lot of, uh, you know, if you've got a vehicle to trade in, you, um, you know, you have a, a pretty good uh, um, sizable down payment already. The thing that surprises Carwell is that people aren't asking for longer loan terms as prices rise. We've seen very high resilience this year to vehicle buyers, very high resilience. We did not see the amount of um, 84 months or 96 months financing increase substantially. It's pretty much flat. Under an entire year's worth of increasing vehicle pricing, vehicles getting more expensive, because we keep backing off incentives because they're selling too quickly because there's not enough of them, right? So after a year of that, you figure Canes would be reaching for that 84, 96 more often. They haven't. And that's one of the weirdest things we've noticed. They haven't. So how many new vehicles will be sold in 2021? And what's the forecast for 2022? Young gave me her take to end the interview. Our 2021 is at 1.67. And uh, 2022 is 1.79. If we were to just run like a pure model-based approach of what demand for autos would look like in Canada based on things like jobs and you know oil prices and household savings, that we would be close to 2 million in 2022. You know, so what I've had to do is put judgment on both 2022 and 2023 because the uh, capacity of ICE engines in North America just wouldn't support the number of, you know, vehicle sales that our modeling would suggest, um, you know, especially in America, North, in the U.S., because that's the biggest market. But overall, we're looking at this kind of this environment in 2022 where demand on a pure kind of modeling basis in Canada and the U.S. Um, would be stronger than historic production capacity of North American ICE engines. We reached Rebecca and Robert in their respective home offices. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glayson at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. 
That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.